Hey, welcome to the Bible Savvy Podcast, a weekly conversation on how to understand, enjoy, and apply God's Word. I'm your host, Nikki Lucas, and I'm joined once again by Executive Pastor Eric Ferris and Teaching Pastor Clayton Keenan. We're about to jump into another passage from the book of Genesis. Eric, can you tell everyone what we're talking through today? Well, I suppose, since that's the point of this podcast, today we're going to be in Genesis chapter 21, Abraham and Sarah, Isaac and Ishmael. So let me uh, set up the story a bit. The C in comma is context. And sometimes, as we are learning through this podcast, sometimes context is background information, cultural information, all kinds of information that helps you understand what you're reading. Sometimes context is actually just reminding yourself of where you are in the story. So let's remind ourselves of where we are in the story. God makes a covenant, a promise with Abraham. And a main part of this promise that he makes to Abraham is, Abraham, I'm going to give you offspring. Your family is going to become a great family, and it's going to be through your family, Abraham, that I actually bless every nation, every people group of the world. And as the story goes on, Abraham and Sarah can't have kids. And it goes on for years and years and years. So you imagine the impatience and the wondering, Did is God really going to do what he said? Are we really remembering correctly what God said? All of the things that start to kick in when you're asking yourself about faith and trust in what God has said. So they kind of concoct a scheme, not kind of, they actually concoct a scheme. Abraham's wife says to Abraham, well, why don't you do this? Since I can't have kids, why don't you go sleep with Hagar, our servant, and we will raise that kid and that will be the offspring. And so they do this. And Hagar gives birth to Ishmael. And they're thinking, oh, well, this will be the way that God, God will fulfill his promise through, through, through this. And then, uh-oh, Sarah gets pregnant. And so now you have Abraham and Sarah, and you have Hagar, the servant living in the household with Ishmael, the son, who is Abraham's son, but not Sarah's son. He's Hagar's son. And now Sarah has a son, they name him Isaac, and it's like drama starts to develop and things unfold from here. And this is where we pick up the story in Genesis chapter 21, starting in verse 8. Clayton, take it away. All right. The child, and that's referring to Isaac, the child grew and was weaned. And on the day Isaac was weaned, Abraham held a great feast. But Sarah saw that the son whom Hagar the Egyptian had borne to Abraham was mocking. And she said to Abraham, get rid of that slave woman and her son, for that woman's son will never share in the inheritance with my son Isaac. The matter distressed Abraham greatly because it concerned his son. But God said to him, do not be so distressed about the boy and your slave woman. Listen to whatever Sarah tells you, because it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. I will make the son of the slave into a nation also because he is your offspring. Early the next morning, Abraham took some food and a skin of water and gave them to Hagar. He set them on her shoulders and then sent her off with the boy. She went on her way and wandered in the desert of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was gone, she put the boy under one of the bushes. Then she went off and sat down about a bowshot away for she thought, I cannot watch the boy die. And as she sat there, she began to sob. God heard the boy crying, 
And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, what is the matter, Hagar? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Lift the boy up and take him by the hand, for I will make him into a great nation. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. So she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy as he grew up. He lived in the desert and became an archer. While he was living in the desert of Paran, his mother got a wife for him from Egypt. I feel like you read the Bible text way better than I do. <laughs> like, I just, just want you to read some more. Tell me another story, Dad. Uh, so, observations in comma. We've already set up the story with context. We just read this episode from the story. What are some things that jump out to you guys? It's sad. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, it's a super messy situation and so tragic for Hagar and, the, and, and Ishmael. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, right away we see that Abraham was distressed, but God told him not to be. But you can, you can imagine the, the distress that Abraham felt, right? Like weighing that decision of what it would mean to, in a sense, abandon Hagar and Ishmael and say, you know, go away. Um, but also like, well, what would that mean if for potentially Isaac and Sarah, if they would stay? That's a, that's a very messy situation. No doubt. You know, some of the some of the things that I think about when I read these kinds of passages, because I don't live in ancient Near Eastern culture, and so you start asking questions like, okay, so Hagar was a servant or a slave in the household, so what was their relationship like? Like, what did that mean? We often think, every time we hear the word slave, we immediately think of American slavery, and, but in ancient Near East, this may not be describing that. We, we know that in different, different areas of the world and different portions of history, slavery meant different things in terms of how societies worked and how economies worked. And so you might ask questions like, well, what was Hagar? And what would the normal traditions be like? Could it be that Abraham would, would it be normal to just send someone away? Like, you're no longer serving in my household, go. Or was this so out of the ordinary? So when you ask questions like that, just a reminder that those are great questions. And sometimes the background information in your study Bible will help you get to, to some of those answers. Our, our goal for today is not to answer those particular questions, but just a reminder that all of those kinds of questions are great questions. Uh, and study Bibles often have some of those answers. Uh, sometimes you have to go outside a study Bible. You know, if they put every bit of context information in your Bible, your Bi- you couldn't carry your Bible. It'd be enormous, right? So they have to pick and choose what they put in there. And it's it's okay to walk away with questions that you have don't have answered. That's that's really common. Actually, the more you read the Bible, the more you're going to notice things that raise questions, and you'll probably walk away with more things you wonder about, which is a good thing because it keeps you engaged and, and and paying attention to stuff. So when you think about Ishmael and Isaac, what are some of the things that you guys have heard when people talk about Ishmael and Isaac? Well, I know that uh, my dad, he uh, he's traveled a bit in the Mideast, and he uh, actually has a lot of friends who are Muslims. It's kind of uh, something that he really cares about. And so uh, he he talks about how sometimes they're in conversations where they, uh, Muslims, look at Ishmael, and they say, this, is, th- this was the preeminent son of Abraham and kind of who they look to. And so there is this sort of identification of uh, Muslims with Ishmael and uh, Jews with Isaac. Yeah, and I have I have often uh, heard people talk about pre- even to tracking history to present day 
that the Arab-Israeli conflict can be traced all the way back to this moment in history with Ishmael and Isaac. Uh, and to some extent, you could say that's true. Like, it would be true that even in post-Quranic literature, Arab people will trace themselves, their ancestry, back to Ishmael. Uh, but, you know, when uh, it says that Ishmael's going to be sent away, and I think the phrase is, he'll be a wild donkey of a man. And people say, well, yeah, so that, that means that in the Arab-Israeli conflict, that every Arab is a wild donkey of a man. And it just sounds so negative and derogatory and racist. Um, and, and I think when you, when you look at a text like this, you have to be careful that you don't import the way, the way we use words now or phrases we use now uh, and import it back into the text to make it say something it's not. Really, when it says he's going to be a wild donkey of a man, think of a wild donkey kind of roaming around. It just meant that Ishmael was going to be roaming, that he was going to be a sojourner where Isaac was going to stay there at the house. And it, it's really a mistake to say much more about that because it's not what the Bible is trying to say. So what other observations or questions do we have about this episode? I, I notice the way God responds in the situation. There, there, part of it's a question, part of it is uh, something that I find really appealing. One is when Abraham's considering, what do I do with uh, Hagar and Ishmael? God says, well, do what Sarah suggests, you know, send them away. And then when they get sent away, God like leans in and he cares and he, he's looking at them and saying, I'm going to take care of you. You know, I'm not going to let the boy die. Here's, here's water. Um, I'm going to make you a great nation. And so there, there's a little bit of tension there. You know, I feel like, okay, which is it that God wants? But I certainly see a kind of compassion uh, in God when he uh, responds to them in the desert. Yeah, I was going to say that when, uh, when God tells Abraham not to worry, he says he's going to take care of both of his sons. He, so he promises to take care of both of them, and then he delivers on that promise. Um, and I think just in general, this, this, this story shows how God fulfills his promises because God took care of Isaac, he took care of Ishmael, he, he delivered on... Um, uh, you know, providing that son for Sarah, like it, it just shows how he's he's faithful. He fulfills what he's gonna. He does he does what he says he will do. Um. So yeah, that that's a really important one for me. That's what stuck out. Yeah. So on a very basic level, if you if you look at this and you look at the difference between Ishmael and Isaac, and you go back to the promise or the covenant that God makes with Abraham, when you read what God says to Abraham. It's God doing it. God says, I will do this. I will do this. I will do this. I will do this. At no point does he say to Abraham, like, here's your part of this, except the circumcision part, like make sure everyone's circumcised. But God, in terms of what he's going to do, in terms of giving Abraham a great family and blessing every nation of the world through Abraham's family, God is saying, I'm doing all of it. And in fact, the way the covenant thing plays out this is something that we probably don't have time in this podcast episode to talk about, but the way that God strikes that covenant with Abraham, normally in a covenant, you have two parties striking a deal, right? Well, the way that covenant plays out is God does both sides of the covenant, okay? So it is very clearly God saying to Abraham, I'm going to do all of this. I'm, I am true to my word. I'm telling you what I'm going to do, and I'm going to do it. Abraham gets impatient or doesn't fully trust that God is going to follow through, right? And so Abraham tries to do it. Ishmael, 
in some ways, on a very basic level, you could say Ishmael is the result of Abraham's either impatience or lack of faith. Yeah. Yeah, this, this, this is a mess that, that Abraham created uh, by not trusting God. It wouldn't, he wouldn't have had to deal with it. It's not like a moral dilemma that was just thrust on him. Like, he's dealing with his own mess at this point. And Isaac is the result of God's faithfulness and God's promise. And you would think when... You, what I found interesting is when I looked at a few different study Bibles as I was reading through this, and you know how you have the little subheadings over different parts of the Bible to kind of tell you what's coming? In one of the study Bibles I was looking at, it says, Hagar and Ishmael sent away. In another study Bible, which, which kind of sets it up as if Isaac... If you don't think about it too much, it could possibly set it up in your head as you're thinking, Isaac is really the son of promise, Ishmael is the mistake, so God sends away Hagar and Ishmael. That's not really what's going on. Another heading in a different study Bible says, God cares for Ishmael and Hagar, right? Yeah. Which sets you up to read the story a, a different way, Completely so you have to be careful. So the headings are there to kind of give you a sense of what's coming, but you have to be careful with headings sometimes because the headings aren't part of the sacred text, right? They're not scripture. They're just helpful things that are in our study Bible to tell us what's coming. So, you know, 98% of the time they're super helpful, but it is possible you read a heading and it skews the way you read the story. What I find fascinating is that it is true that Ishmael is a product of Abraham's lack of faith. Yet, God takes care of Hagar. Hagar. Oh my gosh, I can't even. Say. <laughs> we, only, we, it, we even had a discussion before the podcast. How are we going to pronounce Hagar? It's only a two syllable <laughs> word, and I can't say it. I need to get my podcast license revoked. God cares for Hagar. <laughs> I can't do it. It's, it's, remember, it's Sammy Hagar. Right, I'm, Sammy cha- Hagar. I'm changing it. God cares for Ishmael and his mom. <laughs> and there we go. I can say one syllable words. And makes him into a great nation. What love and care and compassion that is coming from God yeah. in terms of Ishmael. Yeah. If you, if you look and look at just the actions where it says God did something, it's, it's pretty, uh, it paints a picture. God heard the boy crying. Mm-hmm. God, the angel of God called to her. God opened her eyes to see the water. God was with the boy. Like, it's just very, very, like... That active love, compassion of God, even when it's uh, the victim of someone else's mistake, or especially when it's the victim of someone else's mistake, is really, really beautiful. So a good reminder that I think it was just either the most recent episode or a few episodes ago when you reminded everybody that God is the hero of the story. We're not reading right now a story about Abraham. We're not reading a story about Isaac or Ishmael. We're reading a story about God. All those other people are characters in the story, but God is the hero. And this is a great, this is a great episode to remind ourselves of that, because if you get too caught up in, what can I learn from what Abraham did? Or what can I learn from what Sarah did? Because there's a lot of family drama going on, right? So you could very easily jump into this text and say, well, what are the positive lessons I can learn? And what are the negative lessons I can learn? And you start focusing on the characters in the story instead of backing up and being amazed at what God is doing throughout the entirety of what's going on. So, after we make our observations in the comma method, uh, we move on to meditation, which is thoughtful prayer. And in the podcast episode, we 
practice this by giving 45 seconds to our listeners to practice meditation. And so here's what we're going to focus on today. Think about God's care and concern for Ishmael and Hagar and ask yourself the question, how compassionate and loving is God when it's plan B or plan C or plan D? Think about that. All right, we prayerfully thought about the question, how compassionate and loving God is when we're on plan B, C, D, because we all know this, God has plan A, right? We even pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth it is in heaven. So what we're saying is, God, we want you to have your way. And that would be plan A. But as human beings, we are <laughs> constantly tripping over <laughs> ourselves. We're proposing a plan B. Right? Hey, what about this guy? Right, so we're on plan B, C, D, E, F, G. We're at Z, double Z. I don't know how you start the alphabet over. We're not on plan A in, in just about every situation. And this is a great learning to come out of this text is Ishmael was not plan A. But it doesn't mean that he was discarded by God or that God then said, well, because this wasn't the perfect way I wanted it to happen, I'm now just going to discard it and throw it out. So let's talk about a message that we could derive from that for our lives. Uh, I, would, I would maybe put it this way. God has compassion on the victims of other people's sin or victims of other people's mistakes. That, that when, because um, you look at it from the perspective of Ishmael and Hagar, it's not like Abraham's thinking, well, what are you going to do? Clean up my mess that I made. They're saying, we didn't. We didn't do anything. Like we, we were the mess that was made and now we're being treated as such. To, when you're in those situations where someone else has done something, where they are the ones who lack faith or they are the ones who have made a terrible decision, they are the ones who are mistreating you. The fact that God sees you, hears your crying, is with you in that is, is incredible. I think shame is a fascinating and uh, very confusing reality in the human experience because you can experience shame from your own choices, right? And your own mistakes. But you can often also experience shame from other people's sin that has affected your life. And, and it's just odd to me that we I don't know why our hearts and our souls don't do this, but we don't really differentiate between the two. So I've heard so many people say, like, they'll joke around like, you know, I, I can't believe it. I walked through the doors of a church and God didn't strike me dead. You know, what yeah. they're saying is, if you knew how many mistakes I've made and the things I've done, 
you would know that God couldn't possibly love me like all these other church people. What they don't know is that everyone else in that church building also thinks the same thing, right? <laughs> um, but that's people saying it about their own choices. But there's also a lot of us who would say, you, if you knew what has happened to me, that I yeah. am not... So they have decided in their own hearts and minds, I am not worthy of God's attention or God's love. And what we're reminded of in this story, what we see firsthand is God's active attention, love, and compassion for people that felt discarded. And uh, I'm just so appreciative of that today. Like it jumped out to me when I'm reading the story and as we've been talking about it, because so many people read this text and they immediately go to Arab-Israeli conflict or all kinds of other things when the compassion and the love of God is just dripping from this story. Yeah. I, I grew up in a foster family. And so that phenomenon of the th- not just the things I've done, but the things that have happened to me, um, my, my foster sisters would definitely walk into our church with us and, and be thinking, they, they were Hagar and Ishmael, they were abandoned people, they were people who had been abused, they had been neglected, uh, they, they were mothers who had children, and they weren't sure what they were going to do with those kids, and it wasn't, you know, it was, it was messy, and they're thinking, I, I can't be here, you know, the, God's looking at me, and He's looking at me with disgust, or He thinks about me the way these other people who toss me out, uh, for, but the, for them to hear, uh, God sees you, and God hears you, and He's with you, is is incredibly powerful. So let's end this pe- podcast episode slightly different than we normally do. Normally we would go to the A and comma, which is application. Um, so th- the message we say, try to reduce it down to one sentence, right? And the application is, so what does this mean for your life? Um, so here's how I'd like to end this podcast episode today, just to speak a word of affirmation over all of our listeners today that comes out of this text. And then, Nikki, I'll turn it over to you to, to wrap us up as the host. So for all of you listening out there today to the Bible Savvy Podcast, uh, whether you are feeling shame today because of choices you have made or the sinful choices of others, may you know that God sees you, that He loves you, that He has compassion for your situation, and that there is a better future waiting for you. Uh, some uh, powerful powerful truths about God's kindness and love and compassion toward us. Uh, Friends, before we wrap up today's episode, we want to share something exciting with everyone. Uh, For those of you who attend Christ Community Church, you already know that we are uh, taking this ministry year to focus on reading the Bible. But the sad truth is that there are still people groups uh, in the world that don't have the Bible in their own language. Every year, uh, Christ Community Church sets out to raise money to give to an important need, either in our community or around the world. So this year, for our year-end gift, we are excited to announce that we're going to be using 70% of the money collected from our year-end gift to help get the Bible recorded into as many languages as we can. We're partnering with an organization called Faith Comes by Hearing, and they have a goal to finish recording the Bible in every language in existence by 2033. It's amazing to know that we can be a part of making it possible for everyone in the world to hear the Bible in their own heart language. So for more information on our year and gift and how you can be a part of it, please go to BibleSavvy.com. 
And you can also go to BibleSavvy.com to download the Bible Savvy reading plan. If you're not already following along with us, please go download it and start reading today. We hope you'll join us next Monday. Clayton will be walking us through another passage. And in the meantime, don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. Tell your friends, and we'll talk to you next week.